Here's a little ditty I wrote about resilience. Resilience is a truly magnificent gift. In a word, it is toughness. Oh, and it is a skill, not a trait, which means all of us have the capacity to be resilient. And resilience doesn't mean that you are above curling up on the floor in the fetal position, devastated by stress and emotion, covered in tears and snot. It just means that at some point you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and move on. You believe in yourself, you trust in the universe and you bend, but you don't break. You are not defined by your suffering, but instead you find meaning in it and use it as a guide to identify what you need to work on. You see your problems as challenges that can be solved, and you approach those challenges with humor and flexibility. You know that pain is painful, stress is stressful, and healing takes time. So yeah, a pretty powerful word. Resilience has and always will be a very important word to me, so I am so excited to bring you an episode on the topic. It has been vital to my success in business, relationships, mental health, and just life in general. I cannot wait to share some of my thoughts on how you can become more resilient. Oh, and we may or may not have a special guest. Okay, we have a special guest. It's my mom, the amazing Serena. So what are we waiting for? Let's go. Hello, hello. This is another episode that I'm recording in my parents' den in beautiful Cascade Lakes, Boynton Beach, Florida. And this is also another episode that I have been sitting on for months, probably because it's really important to me. It's about resilience. Resilience is a really important word. It's a very important thing to me. I've spent a lot of time exploring my relationship with resilience, how it has applied to my mental health struggles, um, my business, and really like even when I look at my family history, how it's played a part. And so, so it's re- so it's really important to me. And and the great news is, although there are like some findings that there could be some genetic aspect to resilience, it is a skill, not a trait. So anyone can become resilient. So even right now, if you're feeling like this doesn't resonate with me, I don't feel resilient at all. I feel beaten down and battered and unable to figure out a way to get up and keep fighting or keep going. You can learn to be resilient and I'd like to help you with that. So before I dig in too far, there was a impetus for this episode and and also just like my attachment to the word. Um, And so I wanted to just take a minute to shine a light on that. Earlier this year, I created two necklaces with a company called Iconery, one that said anxiety and one that said depression. And, um, opened up a whole conversation about mental health inadvertently. I I was really just trying to do a small thing and we expanded the collection. Um, and the, the last piece of the, the last piece in the collection was a necklace that said resilience. And there was such a embracing of that word, uh, unilateral embracing. That's not what I want to say, but you, when I say that, you know what I mean? I trust, you know what I mean? Cause we're so close now. 
you, you're like, oh, Jen, that's not really the right word, but I know what you mean. I figured, well, this, this resonates, so this is important. Okay, so I referred a little bit to resilience and family history. Um, I have lots of resilient relatives, but specifically my maternal grandparents who were both Holocaust survivors. So I actually, I'm going to ask my mom a little bit about that because I know it would bring her a lot of joy to be able to tell their story. But I think about them a lot, specifically my grandmother, because she was tough as nails. I was going to say as shit, but I feel like tough as nails is actually better here. And you know, I love to cuss any opportunity I get. That's how I got that explicit rating. Anyways, I'm going to let her, I'm going to talk to her about it because it is, it's something I tap into a lot to just know that like some of those same genes are inside of me. And then we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk more about resilience after you know where I came from. So here's the thing. I don't think I realized that I was resilient and maybe I'm more resilient now than I was. And so if you're, if you're not feeling you're not identifying with this, just remember what I said, like you can learn it. So let's talk about it a little bit, but I recognized my resilience more clearly after my divorce, because I, that was, that was something I had really feared. And like the emotional fallout from that was something that I really didn't think that I would be able to survive and and I knew that it would mean facing some other issues that I had buried uh, in order to deal with the marriage. Um, and so I was scared. And I got through all of that and I started feeling really resilient. And then I started kind of looking at my life and realizing that, um, especially in business, you know, having a business for 10 years, like you absolutely have to be resilient, which doesn't mean that you're not like, sometimes curled up on the floor. You know what? I, I can't believe this guy. My dad is, I told him, <laughs> please do not call your patients while I'm in here recording. And he said he wouldn't do it, but he's doing it. I think he's gone outside to do it, but it's, it's near the window of the room I'm recording it. And I was really about to be on a roll, but I remember what I was going to say, but I first I got to go tell him to stop. Oh my God. Hi. Uh, do you want to come sit down here? Come here. Okay. Do you remember three minutes ago when I said, do not make any calls or noise for the next 45 minutes? Yes, I do remember that. But in listening at the door, it sounded like you were just talking to friends and having a good time. And I thought I could interrupt that since I have patients that need to be contacted. And this is my house and stay out of my life. <laughs> well, I know some of that you didn't mean. Um, and it is like I'm talking to friends. But we had an agreement. And now I have a perfect recording on resilience that has you in the background telling a patient what time you're going to see them at the nursing home. In closing? I would like to reformulate our agreement to state that I can make any calls that I want to. Okay, well, I think that went well. I'm going to try and get back to it. 
can you look at me in the eye and say, you'll give me 30 more minutes of silence and then I'll be done. And then we can go on a nature walk or play tennis or go to the beach or whatever you want. Okay, you have 30 minutes. I'm not going to call my people that are dying because they're not. Okay, that's, I feel okay with that. All the way. Oh my God. Thank you. I mean, it's like the thing with the parents is you're like, I need quiet. And they're like, I'm going to make noise. Like, how many times are you at your parents' house? And you're like, I'm just going to watch this movie. And then they're like, I'm just going to vacuum. Or like, hey, I'm going to sleep. And they're like, we're going to do dishes. Or like, hey, I'm going to record this podcast. And they're like, hey, I'm going to call patients. <laughs> this is <laughs> welcome to behind the scenes of JG, okay? You thought my life was so glamorous. You didn't know. Anyways, what I was going to say is being resilient doesn't mean that you don't spend time like curled up in the fetal position, weeping, snot coming down your face, being like, how am I going to get through this? I'm not going to get through this. You know, it, it's it's the fact that you can feel that way and you can feel devastated and you can feel lost and then you can still conjure up the strength to get up, to stand up, and to move forward. And that, to me, is resilience. And that is something I know that I have that over time, over, I'm 47 now, oh my God. But over time, especially over like the last 20 years, I've been down so many times between um, financial stuff, personal stuff, business-related things, mental health issues. I get knocked down and I get up again. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know that song? I get knocked down and I get up again. I don't know how much of it I, of it I can sing without there being some sort of copyright infringement, but I guess that song's about resilience. Wow. Yeah, so essentially it's toughness or the ability to recover quickly from, from difficulties. And I guess quickly, it's like, what, what does that mean? Quickly doesn't mean 30 seconds. You know, it's just like you do recover from them. So that's good. Oh, let me tell you some qualities of resilient people. So, cause I feel like this will help see if you can recognize any of this in yourself I mean, first of all, they practice acceptance. They have meaningful, supportive relationships, a positive self-image, so, and a core belief in themselves. Uh, so that's an interesting thing because that's something that I've been working on, and I'm not quite there yet. I do think I have a core belief in myself. I think that that was not something that I felt like I was born with, um, or at least like as as a young younger person. I don't think I had it, but I feel like at this point I have enough of a track record to believe that I can do things that I set my mind to. And I have a generally positive self-image, but, you know, truly having that has to do with that, no matter what the outcome of your efforts are, that you still feel good about yourself, which has to do with like putting in your best effort and knowing that that doesn't mean that you won't fail. And I think sometimes for me, I still 
feel like if I were better, things would have been different, but I'm working on it. So, so really, so that's just something to think about. A belief in something larger and greater than themselves is something that resilient people have. So that's like faith, spirituality, which has become, I've always been a very spiritual person and I've always believed in the energy of the universe and that we're all connected and that there is something larger at play here. I will say as I've dug into that more, it has given me this new sense of faith that has to do also with like a relinquishing of some control, but that has helped me through a lot of tougher things. It doesn't, again, has not absolved me of not feeling like shit. It just has helped me. Um, Resilient people are very flexible when it comes to challenges, which is so important. Like being rigid, think about it in your personal life and your professional life, you know, there are challenges every day. Um, I know a lot of people that I don't feel are quite as resilient that get so rigid. It's like, you're going to break. Like you, like you, you, I I don't know. I kind of like to think of myself as like this, like undulating force. That's like, if something pushes really hard on me, I might go back a little bit and just see, is it going to roll over me or am I going to have to like eventually push forward a little bit? So but not being like, stand my ground and be like, instead of being like, so just to recap, don't be when it comes to challenges, be more like, oh, (laughs) self-awareness. Oh my gosh. I talk about that all the time, but it's all connected. I think, you know, emotionally intelligent, self-aware people are more resilient because you can process things and you have just like a keener understanding of what's going on great at stress management. I mean, we you, you're going to be resilient by the end of this, or at least if you listen to a bunch of other podcasts that I recorded, because I think that this whole time, I, my mission must be to create a very resilient fan base or listenership or what, whatever best friends that I've never met, because I feel like I've talked about so much of this. They have good communication skills and good problem solving skills. Also really important. They effectively manage their emotions and impulses. Not always easy. They practice mindfulness, which is so important and something that we talk about a lot and really just ties into self-awareness and emotional intelligence, which I like put that on my gravestone because I, I know I say it a thousand times, but I think it was Oprah that said, you got to say things a thousand times before people hear it. So And it may not have been Oprah and it may not have been a thousand times, but you get the point. But anyways, being aware, you know, being mindful of like where your brain is and what it's telling you and how you're reacting to it. And then also taking time to just focus on something singular is so important. And the more you can exercise that, I think it just, it creates a muscle to help you deal with stress and trauma, which really is, that's what you're using when it comes to resilience. It's not that you're avoiding stress and trauma. It's that you, you are facing it and you're overcoming it due to your ability to understand and to problem solve and to not freak the fuck out. (laughs) So that said, I found a few other things that I think, again, 
think about all of these things? Do you do you possess these, or are these things that you would like to work to possess? Because I I feel like they're all they're all really important. I mean, if if you can construct someone that that has all of these traits, it's pretty cool. So here's here's some other stuff: social competence, so empathy, caring, cultural flexibility, responsiveness, communication skills, and a sense of humor. Ugh, how did that just come up? Sense of humor is so huge in resilience. You know, I I at times can be very lighthearted when it comes to really serious things, but like that that has helped me cope. And I think it is, I think if you, you know, the more I think about this, resilience is so much about just being flexible, but also like I'm actually picturing, I wish you could see my hand because it's like making a wave motion. It's it's like that you're not too strong and you're not too weak, but you're strong when you need to be strong and weak when you need to be weak. And instead of just being like this prideful brick, that's like no flexibility at all. And I know people like that and they seem super strong, but they're actually not resilient. Two different things, very important distinction to make. We already talked about problem solving, but this goes in deeper. Take time to plan. Asks for help when you need it. And great at critical and creative thinking. Those things specifically with business, really, you know, I attribute a lot of our resilience at Bandeau to critical and creative thinking and creative problem solving. The help seeking, good at Bandeau, not as great for Jen Gotch personally, but getting there. They're autonomous. They have a sense of identity, self-efficacy, self-awareness, and adapting, adapt, oh my gosh, adaptive distancing from negative messages and conditions. That's good. That's We talk about that a lot too, and some of that is mindfulness as well, where you, you don't feel so connected to bad thoughts and also bad things that are happening, that you, the idea of distance which is not always like physical where you're moving away from something, but just putting room in your brain. Proof again that that's important. Belief in a bright future. So goal goal direction, aspirations like when it comes to education or work. Optimism, huge. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> and I wrote all this down, but it was months ago. So I guess that this is less about me trying to completely turn you into a resilient person if you feel like you aren't. I think a lot of you are. I think this was more about just sharing, bringing to light something that I think is really important, something that I feel like is a really strong word, something that has meant a lot to me in my life and has been one of the secrets to my success, which sounds braggadocious, but um, I feel like I'm established enough at this point in my life that and you know by now that what I'm trying to do is take what I've learned and pass it on. So although for me, my desire for each episode is to like deliver you all of this information and then tell you how you can fix your life again today. Listen, I think that understanding this more, there's so much in everything that I talked about with the traits of someone that is resilient. There's so much in that that echoes things that I have talked about in other episodes and that I continue to talk about. And the beauty is that you have your whole life to work on this. 
And sure, um, the faster that you become resilient, it that will be better. But I will tell you the times where I wasn't that resilient, I learned a lot then too. So think about the things that I said, see what you identified with, see what kind of struck a chord with you. And just like everything else, just remember, like, these are all things that you can build within yourself. It's not something you have to go buy. It's not a class you have to take. Like, I think you find a a few nuggets and you latch onto it. And then, you know what? Find yourself some resilient people to be around. I don't talk about role models that much, but I, most of the people that I surround myself with beyond the fact that like, I love them and I have fun with them. I try and find people that are better at things that I want to be better at, whether it's like being resilient or facing fears or just being organized or taking things lightly or taking things with more intention or what whatever it is. That has been such a huge help for me too. Um, and maybe I can be that for you sometimes too. That'd be cool. <laughs> Anyways, I think I've said it all. Let's just take some heat off Jen Gotch for a little bit because, oh my gosh, thankfully I know I'm resilient. So I know that running and growing Bandeau and taking it on the brand level to a new place, creating a weekly podcast where I expose to the world that I don't know everything and it's okay and, and pressuring myself to be fantastic each time, writing this book. And then just like maintaining a bunch of personal relationships. Oh, and Instagram stories. (laughs) Oh, and speaking engagement. Oh, forget it. It, It's like, I got to get better at cutting myself some slack. I don't know why I told you that. I just wanted you to hear me say that. Because maybe if you hear me say that, you'll be like, it's okay, Jen. Maybe you'll be sending me sending me thoughts to be like, it's okay. Your podcast doesn't have to be perfect. We love it anyways. Cause it's like, you're just talking to us, which is really all it can be and all it has been. And I feel like it's going, if I can be objective about it for one second, it seems to be going pretty good. And the idea of perfection is probably something that I'm never going to fully be able to wrap my brain around that it, doesn't exist, even though I've done a whole podcast episode on it. It does not exist. It is not achievable. Why do we even have to have it out there as a thing? Like, why do I have to do that? Let's not do that. How do we stop? Okay. So if you know me, and you probably know me by this point, you know I'm a dog person. I love dogs. Love to hug them, love to hold them, love to kiss them, love to pet them, love to say hello to them on the street. But I wasn't always a dog person. I grew up with cats. I loved cats. I was a cat person. I wore sweatshirts with pictures of cats on them. I hugged cats. I petted cats. I kissed cats. I did all that stuff. And then one day, This stray dog got in the backseat of my car and I was like, you need to get yourself out of my car right now. And then the next day, Andrew was like, you remember that dog that was in your car? 
would you want to have him like forever? And I was like, uh, no. He's like, he's pretty cute. You want to come take a look at him? So I went over there and took a look at him. And I was like, he is pretty cute. We can keep him for one night and then we'll figure out what to do with him. Well, that one night turned into about eight years. That's my boy, Philip. I love that guy with all my heart and soul. And that's why for many years, I cooked his dog food from scratch. Oftentimes, I would run out of the effort and energy to to cook my own food. And I would eat his And it was delicious, but it was a pain in the ass. Then the farmer's dog came along and they helped me get my life back because they make the dog food for you. You go on their website, you take a little interview, you take an interview, you know what I mean. You answer some questions And then they create a meal plan for your dog and then they deliver it to your house and it's in pre-portioned packs. It's frozen. You defrost it one pack at a time. It is literally the easiest thing and it will change your life. And I want you to try it. I want you to have it if you love your dog as much as I love your dog, which I know you do because if you, the dog people are dog people. We're diehards. So start feeding your dog better today. Try a week free at thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. Plus, you get free shipping. Get your first week free at thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. One more time, thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. Philip, if you're, <laughs> Philip, if you're listening, I love you. Gertie, you know how I feel. All right, let's spend a little time with my mom, Serena. I think I mentioned this, but if not, I will now. Her parents were Holocaust survivors and were, as you can imagine, very resilient people. My mom and I talk mostly about my grandma's experience both during and after the war. I thought it would be interesting for you to get some insight into how this experience shaped my grandma as a person and how resilient people deal with trauma. So without further ado, the amazing Serena. We're in my parents' bedroom under the covers, me and my mom, because that's how we like to record podcasts. So, okay, so you asked me what I wanted to ask you. I have been thinking a lot about resilience And uh, when I think about resilience, I think about Grandma Rachel a lot just because I feel like I know her. I mean, I know Grandpa's story too, but but Grandma just seemed super, like, very, very resilient. Mm -hmm. And I had done some research on, like, that there is – there are some genetic factors to it, but it's a skill, not a trait. So anyone, anyone can become resilient. But some people are maybe more predisposed. Okay. And so so I just thought it could be good to give a little bit more context about her and and just like I'll I'll define resilience for you and and, and then you can see how it relates to her because you knew her better than I did. So it's essentially toughness, the ability to recover quickly from difficulties, 
a lot of times it's um, they believe like their suffering doesn't define them. But I feel like she was sort of defined by her experience. Um, You have to talk on a (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Thumbs up, shaking my head. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's like the basic uh, saying, like, you know, it's not how many times you fall down, but how many times you get up. Yeah. So um, I don't, I agree with you that it's not a trait, but in epigenetics, you can, these experiences can, can be filtered through the DNA. So her her experiences her traumatic experience whether good or bad are in us yeah so i always found it interesting that after the experience she had at auschwitz which was really the worst of the worst and f- starvation and food was like such a common denominator for everyone that right after she was liberated she showed resilience by going to another city and opening a soup kitchen mm-hmm. to feed to to be around food again, but to but to share it, which, yeah. Which to me was amazing show of getting back, starting life again. But um, just quickly, um, when I was inter- are you going to tell the story of? I wanted you to give a brief history of her. Okay, so of what um, her traumatic experience was. You alluded to it. But. Okay, so um, her her mom wanted her to come home. For Passover, she was living in a big city and was a nanny. So um, she came home to help with her family, and that's when the Nazis came in. Um, they kind of planned it because there would be no bread in the house, so they wouldn't be able to take anything with them to eat. And she was on those transports to Auschwitz concentration camp that that you see in Schindler's List, where they're just packed in these in these uh, freight cars. And when she would, did she get separated from her family then, or they were all together? The kids got yeah. taken. Right. And how old was she? She was in her twenties, mm-hmm. and um, and children, very young children, very old adults were were executed the first day they were there. Mm. So at at in her twenties, she became the older generation, the oldest generation mm. of Jewish people from the war. So she never really had. Um, role models or maturity on how to handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, she just got by because she was so physically strong, and that, that's what saved everyone there, is if you could be of, of, of service to them in, in uh, manual labor. So did she ever say, like, she made a conscious decision that she was going to survive it? Like, did she talk about, did she ever talk about what her was in her mind, like, how she did that? No. No, she didn't. Except she was always very generous, and and she would share the food she got with other women in her barracks that were really ill or something. So I don't know if it's kind of karma thing. Mm -hmm. So she may not have realized that her own resilience. No. Did she chalk it up to luck? No, faith. So she believed in something that, that something... If she maybe that if she did good that she would no just be protected not, just just do good she she wasn't but when she but believing in something got her through what it was that did she have more of a 
whatever will be will be attitude or no more like blind faith but but one thing i want to show which i found to be a major source or example of resilience is um a cup i guess about 15 years ago when i was doing uh show interviews of holocaust survivors after all the horrible things they went through they all like almost immediately after liberation they all found new mates started new families, um, wanted to get on with their lives and, and rebuild the religion and, and look ahead and, and move to foreign places and get jobs. And there was no, like, when interviewing these people, there was never a woe is me. They all had mm. faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, they, they didn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. They just said, you know, you can't, you can't do this to us, and um, and we're going to show you how strong we are. And I'm I always consider myself like a miracle because I wasn't supposed to be here, or you, Jen, because we were all supposed to be exterminated. Uh, they didn't. I don't think they counted on on us being that. At all. Yeah, mm. and, and being that resilient to mm. just start new lives. Um, and these are people that go Jews. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, so it does say like resilient people have count on like meaningful supportive relationships and a core belief in themselves. So that makes sense. Do you feel like you got the resilience epigenetically? Do you feel resilient? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, Good job. Okay, so there you have it. Resilience. Remember, it's a skill, not a trait, so we can all become resilient, even if at the moment we aren't feeling very strong. I believe in you. You can do this. Bye. What do you know about the after show? It's the JGOK after show. You don't know about the after show, but it's the show after the show after the show after the show. I got to be honest with you. I don't think I have anything to say today. (laughs) I, when I said, hey, you know, I pitched the idea of an after show when I was creating the structure of my podcast. And I was like, that'll be fun just so I can be weird at the end of each episode because I can't be as weird as I want to be during the episode, even though I'm really weird during the episode. I want to be even weirder and just original and unexpected. So I was like, let me just have this little thing I can do at the end of each show and do whatever I want. Do voicemails for my dad, interview my cat, sing, who knows. But today... I just don't really have anything, and I wanted to be honest with you about that because this is my space and I can do what I want with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that laugh? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so until next time. Bye. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot what I say at the end. That's right. You just say bye. <laughs>